The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, July 30th. In today's news, President Trump threatens to shut down the federal government if he doesn't get money for a border wall. Federal air marshals have been quietly monitoring certain U.S. travelers as part of a secret surveillance program. And the newly confirmed VA secretary plans to sideline high-ranking Trump loyalists after he gets sworn in today. But first, the big idea. The Koch network threatens to turn on Republicans. Billionaire industrialist Charles Koch distanced himself and the network of like-minded conservative donors that he leads from both President Trump and the Republican Party. I'm here in Colorado Springs covering their summer meeting, which started Saturday and goes through late Monday. The 500 or so mega-rich donors who have gathered at the sprawling Broadmoor Resort are angry as can be about Trump's tariffs, the failure of a Republican-controlled government to rein in spending, and the president's immigration policies. They're also worried that Trump's divisive rhetoric will set back their cause over the long term by leading to voter backlash against the causes they care about most. I've been coming to these twice-annual Koch seminars since 2015. This group never liked Trump. Two years ago, they declined to support him. But after he won, they tried hard to get in his good graces and keep a seat at the table. Several Koch staffers went to work at the White House. The result of that was they got Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court, deregulation, and most significantly for them, the massive tax cuts last December. At their January meeting outside Palm Springs in California, they carefully avoided criticizing Trump because they didn't want to antagonize him. But the tariffs have really gotten their goat. Network officials reiterated plans to spend as much as $400 million on policy issues and political campaigns during the 2018 election cycle. But a lot of donors here take it as a given at this point, 99 days out from the midterm elections, that Republicans are going to lose the House. So officials with the groups tied to the network are already talking about areas where they can work with Democrats, such as criminal justice reform. And in a very significant warning shot at Trump and the GOP, Charles Koch told a small group of reporters here that he regrets supporting certain Republican candidates in the past and that he won't support people in the future who don't share his pro-free market philosophy. Asked about Democrats possibly retaking control of the House, Koch said, quote, I don't care what initials are in front of or after somebody's name. In reality, of course, the network is expected to be a powerful force for the political right in the midterms, particularly in red states where Senate Democrats are most vulnerable. It's also heavily backing the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. And some of the network's biggest donors and most experienced activists are Trump's most ardent supporters. But leaders of the network say they're, quote, dead serious about challenging Republicans who don't vote the way they said they would as candidates, and also starting to reward Democrats who are willing to break with liberals in their party. For example, the Koch Network recently ran ads in North Dakota thanking Heidi Heitkamp, a Democrat who's facing a tough re-election, for co-sponsoring legislation that rolled back the Dodd-Frank financial regulations. They also sent mailers and ran digital ads attacking Representative Lou Barletta, a Republican from Pennsylvania who is strongly backed by Trump and is running for Senate against incumbent Senator Bob Casey. They attacked him for voting to increase federal spending when he said he wouldn't. 
Emily Seidel, who is a longtime former GOP operative and now the chief executive of Americans for Prosperity, which is the network's main political arm, told donors during a Sunday presentation that attacking a Republican and praising a Democrat makes her deeply uncomfortable. But she said it's necessary because, quote, this network will no longer follow anyone's lead or be taken for granted. Ironically, it's all sort of coming full circle for the Koch network. They've been meeting twice a year since 2003. Initially, a small group of rich executives led by Charles Koch met because they were mad that George W. Bush, another Republican, had increased federal spending and put in place steel tariffs. Fifteen years later, the network has grown to encompass more than 700 donors. To be part of the network, you have to agree to contribute at least $100,000 annually to Koch-linked groups. Many give far more than that. This is the first meeting that they've had since the retirement last month of David Koch, the other half of the Koch brothers who have become household names. He stepped down from the family business and the political groups because of declining health. But Charles Koch and others downplayed the significance of his departure and said their coalition is as strong as ever. At the seminar, they're calling it a movement. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Trump threatened to shut down the federal government on Sunday unless Congress funds the border wall at the end of September. The president's public statements on immigration continue to be erratic. He said Congress shouldn't address immigration until after the elections. Then he's demanded they immediately do something. On specifics about what he would take in a deal, he's changed his mind repeatedly. And he signaled just this past Wednesday that he was on board with a plan by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and House Speaker Paul Ryan to punt a fight over wall funding until after the November elections. The two GOP leaders came to the White House and told Trump that if he shuts down the federal government on September 30th, it will cost them seats and could further imperil the House majority. The GOP leaders plan instead to fund the government until after the election with smaller packages of spending bills that avoid big political fights, which could divide Republicans. But in recent days, since Trump agreed with Ryan and McConnell, he's been on the phone hearing from outside political allies who have urged him to strike a tougher tone on the border because they think it will help rally core base voters who otherwise might stay home in November. On Sunday, after Trump's latest tweet storm, several Republican officials cautioned against the president's latest brinkmanship. Here's Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson speaking with CBS's Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation. I, I certainly don't like playing uh, shutdown politics. And how damaging would that be for Republicans ahead of the November races? I, I don't think it'd be helpful, so let's uh, try and avoid it. Number two, the TSA admitted on Sunday that federal air marshals have been quietly monitoring small numbers of U.S. air passengers since 2010. The sensitive, previously undisclosed program is called Quiet Skies. Under the program, marshals have identified passengers who raise red flags because of their travel histories or other unspecified factors. Marshals then conduct secret observations of what these people are doing, like whether they're sweating heavily or using the restroom repeatedly. This initiative raises fresh questions about the privacy of ordinary Americans as they go about routine travel within the United States. It also raises questions about the broad net being cast by law enforcement as officers seek to keep air travel safe. TSA spokesman James Gregory said the program did not single out passengers based on race or religion, but he declined to provide information on how individuals are selected for surveillance or more specifics on how the program works. He also declined to say whether the program has resulted in any arrests or foiled any plots. Number three, 
newly confirmed Veterans Affairs Chief Robert Wilkie intends to reassign and otherwise sideline several high-ranking Trump loyalists within the agency. Wilkie, who will be sworn in Monday at the White House, wants to form his own leadership team and to ease the continuing concerns of lawmakers in both parties that the VA has become overly politicized. He discussed the proposed personnel moves with Trump aboard Air Force One last week while the two flew for Trump's speech at the VFW convention in Kansas City. He apparently got the green light from the president. Formal announcements could come as soon as this week. The proposed changes would sideline much of the VA's interim leadership team, who have been calling the shots under acting secretary Peter O'Rourke. O'Rourke drew unfavorable reviews from Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill by moving to purge civil servants and even some Trump political appointees whom he deemed insufficiently loyal and not supportive enough of his own agenda to privatize VA services. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, July 30th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.